all you reflectors out there in isolation land. It is me, JB, at Juicebox Says, your host of Isolation Reflections, the podcast about songs getting us through isolation. This is the first episode of the new year, so happy belated new year. Happy 2021. Aren't you so excited that everything in life went back to normal this year? (sighs) We can wish, we can hope, but we can listen to music and get us through, and that's what we're here for. I am excited for today's first episode of the new year. Today, I talked to Megan Rocket, who is part of Emo Night, connected to Emo Night LA, and she locally does the Emo Nights when we had them here in Portland, when we could have them live, and in the Pacific Northwest. She's also a sex worker and local dancer here in Portland. And so we have some really amazing conversations I'm excited to share with you about the dangers of the monetization of sad culture and the dangers of silencing sex workers. I'm so excited to give people platforms to talk about these important things in the midst of such a strange time in our history. This is like an audio scrapbook. I'm gonna start us off with a minute of the emo song ironically titled, Next Year Will Be Better by Joy DeVive. Harder to feel better. (laughs) Oh, I know, I know, I know. I assure you that the songs that Megan chose are much more upbeat and somehow less nasally than my choice. We don't get too deep into emo politics amidst this thing. But I mean, some of these lyrics are just so, like, they just hit, they hit the nail on the head. Maybe a little too hard with, like, A glimmer of hope is naive, poetry practiced and well rehearsed. Uh, Anyway, without further ado, here's my interview with Megan Rocket. Uh, All right, I am on the Zoom with Shane of All Trades, uh, Megan Rocket. Hi, Megan. Hello, good morning. (laughs) Yeah, um, we just confirmed that for both of us, it is noon and that is morning. Still morning. so, uh, I, I always start by like kind of explaining like what people do, and like all I know for sure about you is that you do <laughs> that you do emo night, um, yes. um, and you've done it in like in the Portland area and stuff connected to emo night LA, and that you might be a werewolf. I'm. Not, it's neither confirmed nor denied, but it's very possible. And what else are you up to in general or like what else do you think is part of your 
legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's a she's an emo werewolf sex worker. Yeah. Just really checking all my boxes. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I want to start yeah. a whole podcast just of that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that would be cool because I think all three of those identities consist of like packs, like groups of people, which you know you can do on Zoom. It's COVID friendly. Yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> that's the transition. So like yeah. with both like with all three of those identifiers, <laughs> <laughs> you've been um, isolated. So what has this year felt like or this past? Oh man, isolation has like a whole new meaning for me now. Um, yeah, I think it's, it has been a really big adjustment for me because I've lived alone for a while, like several years. Um, and I love living alone. I love like, having my own space, but so much of what my life was before COVID was um, being around huge groups of people. Um, I was dancing in clubs and then I was doing emo nights in anywhere between three and five cities a month. Wow. So I was traveling, I was around like huge crowds, I was talking with people, strangers and friends like all the time. Um, so, you know, living alone had like a, a solace to it. It was like, right. that was where I decompressed and, um, you know, my self-care routine was like on lock. And then when COVID hit, you know, both, both of my industries were like shut down, like clubs were closed, venues were closed, traveling was a no. So I, I went from being like on the go all the time, like constantly around people, constantly doing stuff, constantly being in like high energy environments to just being alone with like no structure and no purpose. And I, I think I went through at least like one existential crisis a month. Like, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, isolation has been weird. I like, if I start to think about the potential of like intimacy issues that will that will develop after this past year, I start getting like really anxious. Yeah. So yeah. it's been a huge shift for me, for sure. It's gonna be weird just even to like step slowly back into those environments and like have Definitely. those interactions and- yeah. yeah. I know I'm scared. I'm like, do I have social anxiety now? Like I, I won't know until I'm there. Like that could be really weird. Yeah. Um, and then you have been, you've been able to adapt, adapt some of that to like the internet. Yeah. 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 Emo night has done a really amazing job of, um, adapting to like virtual streams and just creating like an online community. That's like a, a safe haven, um, and kind of a distraction from the shit. So that's been really cool. I've been able to do Twitch streams and, um, all the, the regional reps across the country that all work for emo night we like are on a rotation of running streams so we have like all our our like our whole big emo night family is like hanging out on the streams and in the chat and we have like a whole discord um and they've set up like an entire patreon with like different tiers of like you can get like exclusive merch um and it's a really just a really cool big giant chaotic family um, so that's been great and really fun because I can like bring emo night to my living room and other people's living rooms. Um, and then, yeah, I made the switch to doing online sex work since I haven't been able to dance in clubs. Um, and clubs have been open off and on, but I just, I don't feel 
safe and comfortable doing it. Like, I know that men that go into strip clubs have a hard time following rules in a pre-COVID world. Like, oh, shit, yeah. You know, I just, I, you know, in my head, I was like, I don't want to risk that. Like, I just, it's not worth it to me. Like, I'm going to wait until it's safe. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've just been doing exclusively, like, online sex work. And that's also been a whole ordeal with, you know, FASTA-SESTA and the, like, yeah. you know, just other bills and, and measures being passed and and made on social media platforms just kind of making that work as difficult as possible for no good reason yeah how how has that looked for you because i've like i have like quite a handful of friends that are like sex workers and like i'm like just sending them venmo and they'll just send me like pictures and like an email or whatever but yeah that's so nice yeah and <laughs> yeah we always appreciate support like that it's it's the best and i know you and i've had some great conversations around um, like the FOSTA-SESTA bill and, and everything too. So yeah, for those who don't know, the FOSTA-SESTA bill, um, like to, to simplify it down, essentially conflated sex trafficking with sex work. So yeah. legal forms of sex work have essentially been criminalized um, and they're still legal. Like, you know, and anything from being a lingerie model to doing OnlyFans to dancing in clubs, like those are all legal, like across the country. But somehow this bill has made it so that it, it feels illegal, which is weird because it, it just sh it shouldn't be. Um, and it's very dangerous because those of us who do online sex work, if we don't have safe platforms to do so, like, you know, being able to post to Twitter, being able to post to Instagram, and obviously, like, yeah, platforms like Instagram and TikTok are like, there's kids on there, there's, there's um, younger folks, there's, there's minors, and that's well and good, but I mean, even Twitter has a box you can check that's like, yeah, my content is not safe for work, put an age filter on my content, right. and I feel like it's not hard for platforms to do that. Like, I've seen how creepy the algorithm is on TikTok. It should not be hard to program, like, a filtration system for, like, you know, adult content, but when you take away, like, big platforms like that from sex workers, you're putting them in dangerous situations where they have to resort to more dangerous or um, just like less user-friendly methods. Right. Um, and then, you know, the flip side of that is like, well, if you're already conflating sex trafficking with sex work, then yeah, it's like the, the dangers of it, you're going to use that against those workers and be like, yeah, it's dangerous. Don't do it. And it's like, no, like, you are making it dangerous for us. Like it's easy enough for me to like post a photo in like lingerie and I'm not breaking any terms of service or guidelines or anything and be like, you know, DM me if you want this video or whatever. And, you know, I'm going on those people's accounts and seeing like, okay, they're a real person. They're an adult. Like that transaction is just between the two of us. Like there's no harm in that. And I don't, really understand why these big social media platforms just like have it out for us but it has definitely made working hard because like yeah going from a club where there's like there's an owner and there's security and i feel very safe and i love my job and then going to online sex work where everything is just like me and my audience with like the only safety measures i have are the ones like through the sites that i use and my own discretion yeah and then when you take away like social media platforms and and it has to be on like a less 
certifiable basis. Like if someone emails me for content, I have no photo reference of like yeah. whether or not they're even a real person. I don't know if they're a child or not. Like that creeps me out. So like, yeah, this whole, this whole phasing into like online sex work is harder than ever while we've had, well, we can't have, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, the, the person who co-sponsored the FOSTA SESTA bill is Kamala Harris. So right. while it's like, yes, this is very exciting to have a woman of color as a vice president, and I want to be excited about that. It's also one of those things where it's like, I'm seeing all these women who are just praising the woman who is like, yes, I'm a feminist, except for this one marginalized group of people. Yeah. And, and what sucks is that like, sex workers rights is like, that is a BLM issue. You know, that is a feminist issue. That is like to not have intersectionality in the feminist movement and to not have the fight include sex workers who are very at risk, especially sex workers of color and black sex workers, very high at risk. There's a huge population of black trans sex workers who are even more at risk. And it's like you are making their lives and their jobs so dangerous right. by simplifying and criminalizing what it is that, that they do. So yeah, it's, it's been hard. It's, <laughs> all that is to say it's all been weird. Say. It's been hard. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do genuinely still love what I do. Um, and I think that, and I've said this before, like, I really think that what I do for Emo Night and what I do as a sex worker in a way are very similar. Like I am creating an environment that is, that feels safe, that feels fun, and that gives people an experience that they might not be able to get in other avenues of their life. Right. So, you know, whether that be nostalgia and community or, you know, intimacy and understanding, um, or just like a safe place to explore things they might not be able to explore in their relationships at home, like whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and it feels really good to, to be able to do that and to like have fun doing it. So I just get so angry when people make that difficult for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's totally, yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting even like, like, yeah, I'll just further say like, of course, sex work is work. And okay. like, it has been interesting, like it even has like, spawned conversations with people because I'm posting about it you know like outside of the industry and like yeah just the conversations I've had with my mom about like Black Lives Matter and <laughs> sex work in the last year is just fascinating yeah <laughs> but yeah 2020 really was like the year of uncomfortable conversations yeah yeah and good <laughs> hopefully they keep happening and hopefully we can sort that out um that's a good transition into what are you like, obviously you turned to music a lot to like help you through. Um, and you yes. gave me a couple songs. Um, yes. which one do you want to listen to first? Um, I want to listen to Bloody Mouth. Yeah, I think. <laughs> it's a song I will never, ever get tired of. Um, and I do apologize to anyone who's like, it's Megan Rocket from Emo Night. We're going to listen to emo music. I picked two songs that are not emo songs and um <laughs> i don't know why but these these both of these songs have been on repeat um since they were released and they have just like been a go-to picker-upper for like my mood and my my spirit and um 
yeah, I'm just excited to listen to songs that make me feel good. So. The simulation just went bad, but you're the best I ever had. Like Camp Prince and West Sumner, she touched me as permanent. In my head, in my head, I couldn't hear anything you said, but in my head, in my head, I'm calling you girlfriend. What the fuck? I don't do fake love, but I'll take some from you tonight. I know I've got to go, but I might just miss the flight. I can't stay forever. All right, we just listened to Bloody Valentine by Machine Gun Kelly. Um, I, okay. I don't, I think that you could play that at emo night. Is it not going to fit? I think I could. No, I mean, um, Machine Gun Kelly has been at a lot of the LA emo night parties. Um, and he loves emo night. Like he talks pretty often about how like emo music has been a huge influence for him. Yeah. And, and yeah, Travis Barker is um, does the drums on his most recent album, um, Tickets to My Downfall. So you can kind of hear the Blink-182 homage in that song. Yeah. Which I love. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool too, because I think like the evolution of, of his music from like, you know, being a rapper to putting out like a pop punk album yeah. um, and, and like doing such an amazing job at balancing like nostalgic and new sounds. Um, I feel like that's the epitome of what like Emo Night is about. Like it's all about like the evolution of genres and, and just artists who aren't afraid to kind of push the envelope a little bit. So yeah, I love seeing how his music has changed and especially to become like more and more of what I love. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. And like, I'm just a sucker for a stubborn love song. Like a lot of the, the metaphors um, made in the song lyrics of Bloody Valentine is like, I don't do this. This isn't me. Like I'm not a romantic. And then by the end of the song, it's kind of like, you're it though. Like this is the real thing. And like, I don't know, the first time I heard it, I was just like, I feel that. I feel that so hard. Like love a stubborn love song. Um, and I just want to encourage everyone to watch the music video because it's got Megan Fox in it and it's so <laughs> cute. Um, and honestly, like all of Machine Gun Kelly's music videos from his recent album, uh, Tickets to My Downfall, they all do such a good job of like telling a story. Yeah. And just, I don't know, I'm, I love movies. I love like cinematic experience with like with music. So getting to see like a three minute short film is always really cool. Yeah, no, I'm excited to go watch it. Um, I, I connected with the song too, of just even like the one of the, on the chorus and it's like, I don't do fake love, but I'll take some from you tonight. Um, and it kind of reminded me of just this, this last year of like of what like romance or like new relationships totally. have looked like because it's like yeah I remember like people like I don't you know I don't do like FaceTime it's like well that's our that's our choice right now <laughs> like that's that's what <laughs> yeah. we can't that's all we can do yeah yeah um, I think that idea of like taking what you can get while we're going through like a nationwide spike in like loneliness and yeah. like I was saying earlier like intimacy issues <laughs> like, yeah 
yeah, we have in. to find new ways to connect with people and, and feel a little less alone. And sometimes that means like stepping outside of your comfort zone to, to, to take what you can get. Yeah. No, Who knows? Sure. It might be the real thing. You might yeah. fall in love with Megan Fox. Like <laughs> now I have to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you could totally get away with playing that emo night. Um, and like you said, like how it like how an emo night connects all the nostalgia of different like, like eras and stuff. Like I go to emo night with one of my best friends who's a decade younger than me. And so yeah. like uh, we like just will argue back and forth in like a playful yeah. way. Like, is this emo? Is this not emo? Is it count? Does it count? Yeah, because you're in like separate generations yeah. of of emo. I had someone ask me just yesterday, they're like, do you remember the band Lawrence Arms? And I was like, I think that was a generation of emo before me, to be honest. Like I haven't I heard that, that name. I, so. I, I'm always talking about like mineral and like promise. Yeah. Like, and, like piebald. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Yeah, I think sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. And so yeah, so it's always interesting to like, but I think now I've gotten to the, like I, I went to the first emo night in Portland like by myself and was like, so mad. <laughs> I was like yeah, holding strong. And then I'm, now I'm just like, play whatever, I'm excited, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's always a good time. And yeah, something I've noticed, cause I've been, I've been working for emo night for almost five years, Wow. I think. Um, I think so. <laughs> yeah. um, what is time? But yeah, in that time, I've noticed how much we've had to kind of change the the subgenres that get played the most because we're all getting older, and so you know the twenty one year olds keep being younger. <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> like, and so yeah, like when I first started doing emo night, I could play like from first to last in Hawthorne Heights, and everyone was like, obviously going crazy. Those are like those are our forefathers. But now, like, or rather, like, in 2019, when I was actually doing yeah, events, do yeah. Um, yeah, that, that breaks my heart to say. Um, yeah, it was a lot of, like, the main and maybe a parade and kind of those, like, newer, more, like, on the pop side of emo, because I think that's what, like, the younger generations grew up with as, like, this is what emo music is. And so, yeah, we kind of have to do a balance of, like, all the generations of sub genre emo. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's fun. It's definitely like, I love a challenge. So I, I love that. But like, there is also nothing more heartbreaking than like putting on a Chiodo song and having like half the crowd just look at you like deadpan and be like, come on, <laughs> the classic. Um, I, but yeah, the I classics have, change. I have an emo night story to share real quick that is being yes, my best friend. Lay it on me. So they're like a decade, they're in their 20s, I'm in my 30s, and um, they were going to the restroom, and then it connects your two worlds, because it was near the end of the night, <laughs> we, were, we had probably had too many, like, emo cocktails, and, like, um, there's no other way, <laughs> and then, I don't, Hey There Delilah came on, and I felt very upset, <laughs> <laughs> and so the memory that we always share was they, uh they came out of the bathroom and i was like they're playing hey there delilah we have to go <laughs> we're leaving yeah and so we stormed out <laughs> as if anyone would notice these two random people like making a motion about and it was already near the end of the emo night and then we were like 
it's time to go to Sassy's, which is like, right yes, yeah, it's right there. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because I, I do know like a handful of dancers that work at Sassy's and like, we've had conversations of like that one Tuesday night per month that like all the emos come into the strip club. Oh, and like, emos. I live for those stories. Cause I'm like, it really is. It's like, it's my two worlds colliding. And I love that. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, there was an emo night where like a whole like squadron of suicide girls came in and I was like, look at all these hot awesome. tattooed babes strutting into emo night. Like I'm living for this. So yeah, yeah. I do agree that like, Plain White Tees is not an emo band. <laughs> that song, that song is so emo. Um, and we yeah. do, I mean, we do a couple of those at the end of the night. Like, I always like to put on um, Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab for Cutie. Nice. Yeah. And like, Death Cab is one of those bands that's like, yeah, they're emo, but they're also just kind of like alt. Yeah. Like, indie sure. alternative rock. So it's like, I think it comes down to, with those songs specifically, like both of those songs, to me, it's like, those were a part of the experience of being an emo kid. Are those yeah. bands emo? Maybe not. Like technically, probably not. But like when you're, you know, an emo kid in 2008, like you listen to those songs right. and you get emotional. So yeah. I always have to bring them back a little bit. <laughs> I don't well, blame we, you for storming out. We, we should have gotten home anyway, because then we got into the club and then <laughs> we were like panicked. We're like, oh, we're too drunk. And so then we were trying to leave. <laughs> We were trying to leave, but we couldn't find the exit. And like, I was like, I walked by this dancer twice. And so I like, was like, I have to put money. And so like, I grabbed it in my pocket and I thought I had like a one. And as I'm throwing it, I realized I threw a $20 bill. Oh my God, you probably made her night though. So two random emo kids ran into Sassy's, panicked. <laughs> and then I threw a 20 and ran out. And then, uh, yeah. I love that. But it was, a, it was a sweet memory building night. Um, yeah. Oh, I love so that. hopefully those nights will come back soon. I hope um, so. What's the other song that you wanted to play? So my other song is is really new. It just came out like a month ago, and um, it's by this band. They're called the band Camino. Um, they were introduced to me as like, a, "Hey, you like Laney? You like the 1975? Like you'll love this band." Mm. And again, this band is not an emo band, but I do think a lot of their songs carry the same nostalgia of emo music while also bringing like a newer pop sound to it. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I, I love a dancey emo-ish song, like yeah. always. Like the, the emo bands that make dancey songs like Good Charlotte and like 303, we're gonna call them an emo band because they were part of the scene experience. Like, I live for that. So the Band Camino has been a really cool band for me to discover and, and listen to more of. And they just put this song out a month ago. Um, and the song really focuses on how silly, sad culture is. And that's why I wanted to play it, because yeah. I've had this conversation with a lot of people. Um, and I've even talked about this with the founders of Emo Night. Like, we talk about how sadness as like a commodity and as a culture is so trendy and it kind of has been for the last like five or six years um like you know you've got you've got like clothing companies that like commodify being like like the sad identity and like right. and like emo as an identity um and it's always funny to me because like yes I run emo night and I have made my entire life about like emo music but like I am a pretty optimistic 
positive, happy, bubbly person. So people kind of get thrown off by that sometimes, but it's like sadness as an identity is, is just so bleak, you know, like I think when you capitalize on being sad, it's, it's almost like counterproductive. And I think it'd be one thing if like these companies or these, you know, bands or whoever is like doing the, the commodifying would be like, Hey, you know, like, if you're feeling this way, like here are some resources or like right. something to like talk about depression or, or talk about anxiety or have conversations or create support groups around like, I'm having a hard time, but like this helps me or whatever. So when this band put out a song about like, hey, it's not cool to be sad, like take care of yourself and like do things that make you happy. Like being sad is not worth making your identity. I was like, yes like yeah. hell yeah. yeah and like you know emo night has that shirt that just says sad as fuck in huge letters but like there's an irony to that you know like we're sure. throwing parties we're having fun like oh i'm sad as fuck because i'm listening to i don't know uh emo songs i like just i literally just <laughs> forgot every emo band on the like you've mentioned enough that we can if I can, yeah I'll, I'll edit it in and it'll just be like <laughs> just just name drop a random yeah. emo band. But like, yeah, like we're having fun with it. Like we're we're throwing this like nostalgia party and hanging out with yeah. friends and drinking, we're dancing, we're having a good time. Like being sad isn't fun. Yeah. Listening to sad music with your friends, having a good time is fun. Yeah. So I love what you said about resources too. And I'll I'll even pop some yeah. now that you mentioned them, I'll pop some at the end of the of this episode. Yes. Um, let's do it because I love it but yeah let's listen to it <laughs> yes yeah, that's a great perspective on this song I'm excited this is Roses by the band Camino lot's been changing lately and I can't tell if it's me or if it's everybody else but I'm done wasting my time on the woe is me bullshit that's keeping me from being myself so look around and tell me what you want me to see maybe you're the person that you always wanted to be why you want to be a sad boy waste your time looking for something that was right here all along You could totally play that in Emo Night the whole time. I think so. I just like imagine when you kill the volume and everyone does, so stop and smile on the face. <laughs> like it's just like, it's so easy to picture. Like, right? Yeah. Right? And that's the thing too, is like, that's a prime example of like a song that you can play at Emo Night that isn't necessarily emo. But I do think that that would go off. Like I, I just yeah. played that song on my Emo Night stream a few weeks ago and People loved it. Like I could see like a lot of people in the chat like hadn't listened to that band before, hadn't heard the song. And they were like going off. They were like, this song hits so hard. Like it's so dancey. It's such a mood booster. Like I think that song is like pure serotonin, honestly. Yeah. And it is like what you said. It's like it's teasing at the entire fact of like of like, yeah. sad boy identities and like yeah. Which I love because yeah, it's just like life is too short to not have fun and not enjoy things and like make your whole aesthetic just about being bummed out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, the world totally sucks and there's a lot to be bummed about, <laughs> but like 
let's have conversations about it. Let's like, let's have some supportive community. Let's play some dancey songs and like just dance it out or yell it out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that song. Yeah. It just reminds me of like too, like, we want to get back to the phrase of like wearing our hearts on our sleeves instead of yes. like being sad boy. Cause like heart on your sleeve should, it is like sad boy, but it also can be like, let's talk about things and let's scream. Yeah. About and, let's yeah. About and I think yeah. that's the thing too. It's, it's kind of like the same idea as like just vulnerability and, and being an emotionally sensitive person without hiding that part of yourself. I think that if you see the strength in that, if you empower and like harness the strengths of being like confident in your vulnerability and being able to talk about your emotions and, and being able to confide in you know, trusted friends and family, then like, that's a really powerful thing. I think that hiding sensitivity or burying your emotions only turns into like more turmoil. Yeah. You know, and the last thing that we need in a global pandemic is stress and like uh, emotional like heaviness because that just makes your immune system weak and we don't need that. Yeah, that's good. That's the We're not thing. doing sad culture. We're doing contagious positivity now. <laughs> contagious. The only the only good contagious thing. I love that. In 2021. <laughs> that's so good. Like that's that's the wrap up. You did your own wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like hi um please hang out with emo night but we're not doing sad culture just yeah. I love it. What, what do you want to point us towards or what we should uh look for or how we can support you right now um that's a really good question thank you for asking i think that if you're if you already know someone who is a sex worker like reach out to them directly and have that conversation of like how can i make you feel supported and how can i do more for this industry um because that, that's always, I think when, when people reach out and ask me directly, I mean, the same way that you did, um, it feels really good. It feels, it feels like people actually give a shit. And that's really nice to see. Like when I started posting about Fosta Sesta and how like sex workers were being deplatformed off Instagram mm -hmm. for no real good reason, um, I lost so many followers and I was like, good leave yeah. like I don't you, you want lost you the here. followers you don't need yeah exactly yeah and like I'm, I mean I've never really cared about that kind of thing but when it's such a noticeable difference I was like wow like that makes me more glad that I that I spoke up and like as many followers as I lost I also had so many people reaching out that were like how can I support you how can I help you so like if you do know someone personally who is a sex worker reach out to them if you don't, but this conversation has inspired a new flame in your heart, you can message me. I'm always happy to have conversations about this stuff. Um, I am at Megan R. Rocket, Megan Rocket with two R's and two T's um, on Instagram. And we can talk there. And I will lead you in the right direction. Hell, I will find you so many resources that will yeah. just change your life. Um, and yeah, give, give Emo Night LA a follow. Um, night is spelled N-I-T-E. And yeah, you can come hang out on the streams. All the Twitch streams are free. And then you have the option to tip your DJ, which is really cool. Um, and you're just going to hang out with a bunch of other people who are like drinking and like typing in the chat how much they love that song or the last time they saw that band live. And it, it's just a fun community. Um, 
And then if you want, you can also join the Patreon. There's a link to it on Emo Nights Instagram. And I think on their website as well, it's just emonightla.com. Um, where you can, yeah, you can come hang out in the Discord. There's literally a channel for everything. And there's just a lot of cool stuff. They are really doing the most as far as like music and entertainment being on pause right now. Like this is the place to be. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. It's been exciting to see them figure out how to do community so well. So yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's so important too. Like I can't tell you the number of conversations I've been in with people just in the Discord about like having a really hard time finding like the right therapist. Like, does anyone have like books that I could read in the meantime? Like stuff like that. And like so many people are so ready to like hop on and like give their advice or make suggestions or recommendations for like resources and books and, you know, influencers that also have a lot of info that we just like might not see in our own feeds yeah. online and stuff. So yeah, it's really cool. Well, it was so great to talk to you, Megan, and I'm yeah, so excited so that much. you're on here. Yeah, um, have a good and have a good rest of the pandemic. And then, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sticking it out. It's like just dancey songs from here until the end. That's yeah. all we got. And you will be back in a pack soon. Yes, yeah. in my werewolf pack. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. My thanks again to Megan. Make sure you dig into the episode notes. There's all the resources. Megan linked us to some amazing Instagram accounts that are not only fun with some memes, but some great ways to understand and support sex workers. You can also check out Emo Night LA's Instagram and check out their Patreon. And on the mental health note, I included some places you can go to get some help if you're struggling or there's also this great app that Megan suggested called Insight that you can also check out. All right. I love you guys. And we'll be back so soon with the next episode with Ciara Lindsay, who is an activist and artist locally. I'm so excited. Keep taking care of yourselves. Keep taking care of each other. Wear those masks, wash those damn hands and know that I love you. See you soon. Mm-hmm.